0: Hello and welcome to the Rugby Review Show here on Sunday at 8 pm. Sunday at 8 pm every week here on New Zealand at Sports Radio. What are we reviewing this week? Well, we've got the Rugby Championship. We've got some Maya 10 Cup action. There's been some international women's rugby as well. um, And also the uh, Autumn Nations Cup. There's even been some Super Rugby stuff. But I'll be honest, I've not seen any of the Super Rugby unlocked. So you're probably not going to get much in depth analysis of that one, even though. Um my partner in crime tonight, Cornflake, is wearing his uh, super rugby um Heguares jersey um for that uh, um team that uh, unfortunately may never get to play again. But hey, um we 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 can but uh, we can but live in hope, hey eh, Steve.
2: Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean I'm still waiting on someone to send me a Sun jersey. I I would like one of those as well. But hey, it's it's a great day to get behind Argentinian rugby, isn't it? It's brilliant. Let's go. Great weekend.
0: The um as as well as a kings jersey um a cats jersey or yes. uh, all, 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 all those dead teams from super rugby <laughs> that, that, that's that's Steven's speciality. They're for you folks <laughs>
2: everyone loves an underdog eh come on
0: <laughs> we do but we do like an underdog that exists and actually pays their players <laughs> um which is um, unlike um unlike the kings um <laughs> but uh, but there you go everyone a uh, good evening to um everyone who's joining us on uh, youtube um, and um, the uh, uh, YouTube, Facebook, um, Twitter, all of those things. Bruno says, did you watch the All Blacks game? Yes, I think we'll be spending the first 40 to 50 minutes talking about the All Blacks game. I've got a funny, funny feeling. So um, that's absolutely, that's where we'll be concentrating and spending most of our time. Um, I, I do want to cover off some of the minor 10 cup stuff because I have watched, um, I watched four four minor 10 cup games this weekend, which I think is pretty impressive. Um and uh, I did also watch the uh, Ireland um, versus Wales game. Now, sorry, folks, you didn't get post-match reaction to that All Blacks game um, because uh, my car broke down basically, and I wasn't able to go to Ashwin's fiftieth birthday party where we were going to do it from. Um, so yes, yeah, so unfortunately, I, got, I was stuck in Waihee and unable to um, uh, to get up to um, uh, to that. Did I watch the Taranaki Bulls? No, or the Taranaki Bulls even. Um, no, I didn't because I was watching um, the uh, Bay of Plenty versus, um, uh, count, uh, versus North Harbour on the other side at the same time. So I missed Taranaki um, lose by a single point to Hawke's Bay. I, that was a close one. Um, impressive there. Uh, and uh, Hawke's, um, by the way, spoiler alert, Taranaki get the opportunity to um, uh, gain revenge next weekend when they visit Hawke's Bay. Um, in the semi-final of the championship there. And I've managed to waffle on now long enough that um, even Stephen Harris has managed to join us. The old fella, he's here. How are you doing, sir?
3: He is. A very good, thank you. Privilege and a pleasure, even though I'm here a little bit late. How are you, Steve? Good to see you, mate.
2: You too, sir. It's been too long. Been too long, but I mean, what an occasion. What an occasion to come back on. I mean, we're, we're prepped and ready to go. I'm ready. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm back in back in my, my second favourite team. Come on. I mean, I, I, what I wanted to say first thing, I don't, I don't know what we're going to talk about first here, Paul, but I have talked about and 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 back to Argentinian rugby for so long now. It feels like I was that old guy in the corner, you know, It was going a bit crazy because I thought, you know, this team is, is good enough to, to compete <laughs> and to do well. You know, what, t- 2015 World Cup I talked about and 19 World Cup. The Haguades are doing their bits as well. I, I kind of feel like I've been finally justified. Finally, I've been justified.
0: And you come across, I mean, th- this, th- that's one of the things that's amazing about this game is you think about those games where they've had a buildup, they've had preparation games, they've had time together. Um, they've had time around friends and family to keep them sane. Um, <laughs> and they haven't made it this time. Lock them up in isolation. Don't let them see their families for a month. Um, and um uh, and, uh, and and we see the best of them, which is um amazing. Um yeah, I mean just uh, what th- one um one one sort of uh, uh, so, sort of um game against um Australia A. Uh and um and off here they come in to um uh, to, uh, to, to to the All Blacks as as, as I saw um some funny uh, little um post that said yes yes, it's good to see World, World Rugby needs to help these two-tier nations like Georgia and the All Blacks <laughs> the, um, oh. after this one, but uh, a little bit harsh. Um, so, yeah, they, not the ideal, ideal road for this one. What's it called, like?
2: For the uh, Pumas, no. I mean, yeah. yep. uh, it was an interesting whole oh, build-up to it, wasn't it? How they, oh, I mean, I've seen training videos that they've put up today and they build up to the game where they're running around um, down hallways and, and lying out jumping on patios and all sorts of things like that, but I guess we look at this game these days, don't we? And and these guys are professionals. I mean, they've played how many times as a team, how many times as a unit, how many times they've played with each other. I think what was a, a big part of why that team played so well was that 9-10 combination. I think that was integral to how that side played. Having a guy, Sanchez scored every single point and they got. Yes, okay, he played really, really well. But it's that experience that he knew what he was going to do. He knew his game plan. He knew what Kubelli was doing inside of him. And, I mean, that pack generally has performed pretty well um, for years and years gone by now. So it was, it was a good unit. But I think just that continuity, they had the experience in key positions to do what they needed to do. Um, and they come into that. And And I agree with what Nocturnal says there, that Australian 15 was, I mean, it wasn't a fantastic side, uh, but I think it gave them a decent hit out of, of, you know, a bit of quality, a little bit of that rustiness would have been gone from that. And I think they could... Um, get nicely into the game and, and it, it certainly served them well, I think to, to build up that. But I mean, what nothing really serves you well for coming out playing the All Blacks doesn't it? your first proper match and what well, was over a year. So yeah, you got to give them the credit. They've, they've, they've done obviously a lot of that mental work. um And they've, they've come to put that onto the field as well, which the experience in those key spots, I think is, is the most important thing they've brought out of that.
0: Yeah. So, so I mean, Stephen, the great lesson here is, I and mean, as Ledesma said that this, that's uh the culture and the time has really brought them together um and that's what it does isn't it isn't it isn't it that uh, that basically um adversity either brings you together or pulls you apart
3: oh muchas muchas gracias very <laughs> very good wind from uh, argentina um certainly not what we uh we had expected but um listen they've knocked on the door 31 times or whatever it is so i suppose that door was going to open at, at at some stage and um, you know, I think it's probably a time to celebrate their victory, as opposed to sort of look at the All Blacks' um, failings. Or no, or, although at some stage we'll probably have to get onto those particular failings, and I've, and, and I've got some thoughts because we've got an hour to talk about it. But um, listen, fantastic <laughs> for them. And I just reading uh, uh, along the uh, social network. I think most New Zealanders are, are, have been pretty um, humble in their praise of uh, Argentina. Anyway, some most of the social network I've, I've been. Reading, so uh, yeah, listen, full credit to them, and like you say, to do it without any sort of rugby is just uh truly amazing. And also, with uh Michael Checker in the background as well, I mean, he must put a bit of a smile on his face as well.
0: Yeah, it was an interesting, wasn't it? Uh, so, apparently, Michael Checker and uh, Mario Desma go back a long way. Um, but yeah, it was funny seeing the um, the former boss, obviously Mario, um, Mario Desma being the uh, ex scrum coach for the wallabies when michael checker was in charge um being there as an assistant coach to mario Ledesma De- De nowadays um so yeah so interesting to see to see that and um i wonder what he's brought to it apart from shouting at people um but hey it's um it seemed to work um uh, but uh, but there you go um i must say i was disappointed early on though um uh, it's great to see an attempt to drop goal but a shame he didn't go over um I, l- I love a good drop goal but um it, it showed that they were going to mix things up, and they weren't just going to uh, sit down and die, were they? they? They were going to try and take points when they could, um, and with that old saying of "you don't um, you don't beat the All Blacks by um, with penalties." Well, Argentina said, "Hold our beer," because uh, that's exactly what they did. Sanchez with all twenty five points um, for his team in this game, um, but initially, uh, to me, it looked like that actually the, the that Argentina. Um, Really, weren't breaking down that All Blacks defence. Um, that basically, it was taking, um, basically, giving up penalties uh, and, and just good discipline from them to make to, to, to make headway against the All Blacks. So I, I didn't see them many points in that Argentinian side apart from penalties, um, Steve.
2: Yeah. which one? Oh, Steve, go for it, You go. Go for Go for You're already on it. You're already on a tangent there. I'd hate to stop you. Knock yourself out. I've got, I've got so much of the stuff. I'm loaded for days. Knock yourself <laughs> out.
3: Yeah, really, really interesting what you say. Yeah, they took their points by three, but it's been one of the issues for the All Blacks. Not, not just this season. This actually goes way, way back, Paul. And um, you know, I think people we all, we all seen the tape of our interview with uh, the guy from Australia who uh, we interviewed, Game Line Analytics, who basically spoke about some of the, the All Blacks. Failings or some of the things that they're actually not addressing, and, and discipline, if I recall, was was one of those failings. And uh, listen, whether you get the, the the points by in threes or fives or sevens, it, it doesn't really matter. And that that all came about through just put applying pressure uh, on the All Blacks. And man, and when you've got somebody like Nicolas Sanchez, we know that on his day he can knock over goals from anywhere.
0: Yep. No, absolutely. Okay, go on, Steve. Um, un- un- unleash yourself. Let the wild let, let, let the wild horse go.
2: I mean, I, I found it funny. Um, Ryan from the Tribe Sports app, as, as everyone knows uh, from uh, from these shows, he's been on now and then. I, I do think that he put out a, a really good tweet. i um, oh, midway through that game, saying uh, Justin Marshall, after Nicolas Sanchez kicks his ninth penalty, put the Pumas up 34 to three. Hypothetically speaking, he says, "Not sure the Pumas can win this by just going up in threes. Um, that was the case of what that match was. Uh, they were just going to keep taking their points and, and keep chipping away at it like that. But I come into this and I, I've, I've actually come sort of what prepared because last night it's very really easy to to put things on to, well, not paper these days, but on, onto a phone about what you think about a game. And I've decided this game, I'm only going to probably attack the All Blacks in, in two areas. And um, since Stephen Harris says so much, he wants to attack them on, I'm going to completely leave that out till later. I think this is all Argentina. This game is all Argentina, what they've done and how they played. And like we talked about last week with one Tony Lamborn at the Stags, this is all created and led by one Pablo Matera. The guy is an absolute beast. And I think the real turning point, changing point in this whole game, which just epitomized what this team was all about, was when he said, they show no respect. I'm here playing for my country. He said it in a lot more panache than I would ever say it. But when you come out saying something like that and putting in that statement and saying pretty much they can do whatever they like, I'm going to fight for every single inch that I can get for my team, for my country, that just shows you one thing that I think a lot of rugby nations, top-tier nations do lack that these sort of teams like Argentina have and they take and completely obliterate other teams with and that's the passion. The passion, that 50-50, that chance, that something they get, that they can turn into something because they're just so much more committed. And I think your blacks didn't show that same sort of commitment until they were three tries down, uh, 15 points behind with two minutes to play. Then they thought, sort of thought, okay, now we're going to actually play some rugby. Uh, Argentina dominated the area. They dominated that breakdown. They were far more passionate, far more committed, had a better game plan. Every, everything about them was so much better, but Matera for me, is a monster. The man is a beast. Uh, The world rugby is is so full of great flankers at the moment, but he is up there finding the best, would do anything for the badge on on his jersey. And I think he was the leader. He was the catalyst for that team. And they would follow him to the ends of the world, whatever he needed to get done. They would go with him to do the job. Matera is a monster, and he showed it. He led by example. And that team just went with him. And that was why passion, commitment, and uh, winning the breakdown. I mean, if you want to talk too much more about that, that first half, dominating that breakdown, the All Blacks would take players in. They would not be able to get clean ball out. It was slowed down. They controlled the tempo. They slowed it down for the penalties. They played the game at their pace, and that was all through the breakdown and all through players like Matera and his back row buddies that were exceptional above and beyond. And that pretty much, if you're going to sum up their whole game, you can go right there, Pablo Matera, breakdown, control.
0: Yeah, well, look. It, this this was won by a massive defensive effort. 152 efforts, 152 efforts, 152 tackles made by the um, uh, by the uh, um, Pumas to 105 by um, the All Blacks. So about a third more. 16 missed, whereas 12 were missed by the um, by the All Blacks. So the All Blacks are not quite as high a percentage um, as the, uh, the Pumas yet. Also a big one here. You're talking about that breakdown, especially in that first half. Two turnovers, a won by the All Blacks, six by the Jaguars. Yeah, that ruck and the and the first up tackling was the um, um, was was the big thing that won this one um, for them. And um, they kept they they, they realised that they weren't going to cut this um, All Blacks defence to pieces, and so they did take their threes um, when they were available. They got over twice, okay. Once when they're under advantage, when Sanchez chipped over and a second time when material terror was held up. That's it in the whole game. Um, so look, there isn't that much wrong. Um, so, yeah, so this, this is, is about Argentina taking their defending extremely well, keeping the All Blacks out and taking the points when they were um, on offer. Uh, I'm just trying to see if I can find some of the um, tackle stats, but the, uh, um, the rugby championship site is so difficult to read that um, I'm not sure I can. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so tackles made. I Are mean, you talking about that. Um Kramer, 28 tackles made in that game. Matera 10, um, Alimano, 12. Um, so that's your um the uh, so so um with Brunei actually only with five, interesting enough. The the so the other back, back row, but yeah, Marcus Kramer, Pablo Matera, um massive in there. Montoya with 16 as well. So yeah, so those guys did a lot of um a, a lot of work. Uh, yeah and three of those turnovers like I mentioned before all were by pablo Matera. um so yeah he had a massive game and he really did lead um that uh, that, that that team around i the other thing also um kicks in play one of the things we normally that we often say is that uh, actually the number of times you, the, the team that wins generally kicks the ball the most um which is gem, which is not considered a, a good thing generally but um by, by your average fan, but by your, by your coaches, it means you're basically playing in the right areas of pitches generally. Uh, and uh, the all blacks only kicked ball 15 times in that game, which is pretty low from hand, whereas 25 by the Pumas. The all blacks got starved of ball and as clicking out second half, trying to play out their own half, which just didn't work for them. They they were they played too much rugby in their own half, they couldn't break down that um, Argentine defense. Um, and they really just sort of kicked it and make Argentina try and break down their defence because they couldn't do that either. Um, so I think some some poor game management by the All Blacks. Whereas, as you, as you were saying there, Cornflake, those halfbacks really ran the game very, very well um, for Argentina, adding a strong defence. Um, and that's what it takes to win um, to win games, basically. Stephen, anything to, to add to? On the Argentinian side, do you think? No, no. I think you guys pretty much uh, you pretty much sum it all up.
3: Just uh, I can I, I can only add if if maybe I see nocturnal rights mentioned before. Maybe a few little cultural issues about some people, some players wanting to return home. I don't know whether their their head was in the game, but like we said at the top of the program, probably a day where we celebrate the Argentinians. I suppose the key for them is to now take this form into their next two games, because if they go out and they lose to Australia next week, to me, they undo what they've actually done last night. Yeah, sure, you've got that famous victory, but we saw those famous victories with Ireland as well, and that, all that hard work was undone very, very quickly. Um, can't wait for the next test. It'll, it will might, might make people stand up uh, uh, and, and take notice. I must admit, even in the in the build-up to that particular test, most people were ho hum about it. Now you wouldn't think an all-black team would be complacent, but man, well and truly done. In fact, that score, I think, at the end of the day, was totally flattering. Seriously, seriously. And it could have been a lot more at halftime.
0: Cause I think probably I think something like three players didn't come off the bench for the uh the Pumas or if they did they came off very late. So yes, that's that, that has got to be, I guess, one of the concerns. It's going to be about the depth and their ability to turn it round and to put that effort in again next week um because uh, yeah their their players definitely played more minutes than the all-blacks players did um so um the uh um so yeah definitely um was um was some of the uh was it it, that you're right that is a question mark now around the humans is can they do it two weeks in the trot we saw england do this against the all-blacks last year um we saw the all-blacks do it against ireland and then not not back up against um uh, against England, um, putting together two performances back to back is um, really difficult at this level. I mean, England did it against the All Blacks, but not against South Africa. So the All Blacks did it against Ireland, but not against England. Um, so we're we'll yeah, put, putting two back to back is a difference between a good team and a great team. Um, and we'll see what um, consistency um, what the, the, that we'll see uh, uh, from this team. Um, next week, I think that uh, yeah, it will take a lot of effort to, to they, they put a lot of effort into this 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 style sort of play where you do give the opposition the ball and just defend um, resolutely does wear down players, um, but uh, and you've got to want uh, something that Ireland have been doing and we've seen Ireland come up short in rugby world cups because they just can't maintain it over that uh, length of period and games back to back. So I do think that there are that there, yeah there are teams that. Um, this style of play uh, is is very difficult to keep upkeep but it's definitely a style we're seeing more uh, we're seeing from more teams now uh, around the world
2: and that's the thing it's getting up for a match against the All Blacks too isn't it It's like their whole target how long have they been preparing in a bad sense for this one match it's like you talk about that England World Cup game. That England, that, well, that was their focus. They knew they'd, you know, go through the pool, and they knew if they're going to win the World Cup, they have to beat the All Blacks one way or another. Whether it be a quarter final, a semi final, a final, you've got to beat that team to get there. And I think that focus, well, we've seen it. Well, we've seen what happened there. They, they focused yep. on that, they delivered it beautifully, and then completely were like, "Oh crap, we don't have a plan B for South Africa." Okay, and it all fell apart. Uh, we know that story. The trouble here is this could happen the same, exactly like you're saying. And I think it's easy to go. We've never beaten the All Blacks. This is a chance. You know, all that energy, all that focus, all on that one game. And now they're kind of going to go back to work tomorrow, aren't they? And they're going to go, right, Australia, what do we do here? Um, How much preparation do they have? How much do they – I think they can beat this team. They can beat the Wallabies, Hmm. uh, no question about it. The personnel is there just as one week – have they only been preparing for one week heading into this game or will they have been preparing for it longer? We, we don't know. We don't know what they've been doing. So we'll soon find out, won't we, if they can do it. But I think personnel-wise certainly uh, has to be up there good enough to do the job. But uh, before we move leave Argentina, I think we have to credit um, their debutant, old Chocohara, as the guy in their number 12 jumper. Debut. Phew, what, a, what a debut that is. Isn't that just sensational? I mean, it wasn't... Um, you know, in the spotlight at all, but boy, he did nothing wrong. He was part of that, just that, that wall of just solid defense. And I mean, he didn't look out of place. He didn't like to do anything wrong. And for a guy on debut, great guy inside him, experience on his outside, everywhere he goes, um, just made a big, big difference. And I think I can kind of relate this team to how Argentina are playing at the moment to South Africa. In the World Cup, when we've seen the Villaluru's come back and those sort of guys of the experience coming back in, and now we're seeing Santiago Cordero, we're seeing Nicolas Sanchez, those guys coming back into this Pumas team again, which we haven't seen, um, been great for their depth. We're seeing Bonisha's and, you know, talk about Miotti starting at 10, but no one quite is up to that full um, number 10 standard that Nicolas Sanchez delivers for that team. So I think having that experience, that depth, those guys coming back is proving massive for this Argentinian side.
0: Yeah, and look, that that this is this is an Argentina side that um, you, you've picked out the debutante kind of thing. The, the name we don't recognise. All right. the rest are looking at it going, yeah, that's a side I recognise and know well. Whereas well, you look at, and then we'll move on to the All Blacks now. We we'll look at the All Blacks team, and you go, well, Jordy Barrett's not really played that much. Um, Caleb Clark, it's his first season um, at this level. Um, uh, the um, Shannon Frizzell, again has been in and out the side. This is his first kind of run of being the man. Um, this is uh, Patrick Topolotto. Again, this is the first time he's had a run, a, s- a sustained run in this side. Um, Lomax, again, not not been a regular starter um, at this level. This is actually a pretty inexperienced all-black side. Uh, and yet, sure, you do have your White Locks, your Sam Caines, um, And even, even Arlie Surveyor only really became a starter last year, uh, even though he's been around for a lot longer than that. Um, so this is actually a pretty inexperienced all-black side against what is, on the whole, a pretty experienced and... Uh, I don't say it's an old Argentinian site, but it's a site that's been come through, um, that's been groomed. I mean, players like um uh, the um Montoya's done a, done his done his apprenticeship behind Creavy, for example, um, and it's come through now. Uh, so they've, uh, they've they've managed to bring players through. Um they play a lot together as Haguares as well, or they have done in the past. So um the uh, yeah, you've got to say that this is that uh, the, yeah, look, from the all blacks' point of view, this is a um uh, this is an experienced inexperienced side short sure, this is the first time since um 2006 they've lost back-to-back games i think it is um, 2011 2011 sorry um they've got lost back-to-back games um the um in that one um and uh Stephen, you said gone yeah, you, you just we have done our, our, our sort of first half of the show on the on argentina um you said you had some 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 pieces that you wanted to talk about about the All Blacks that you are disappointed with.
3: Um, Just before I do, listen, I just want to pay homage to a, a country that's ravaged with COVID at the moment. So that was a great result for Argentina and a, and their people, and I think it was a good result for world rugby as well. It's just it's just probably everybody else needs a bit of a, a pick me up. We've been lucky to see a lot of rugby in our country this year, and we're seeing this uh, this. Uh, this championship going on in Australia at this time. So I, I, listen, I think it's a good thing. So I'm, I'm actually not too cut up about it at all. But what I do want to touch on is I want to go back to Gainline a- Analytics because there was some really information, interesting information that actually uh, came out of those interviews that you conducted, Paul. And I can recall the uh, guy that you spoke to, I think it might have been Shane, who, who basically said that the All Blacks were successful when they were consistent in their selection. And if you look at that time between 2011 and probably 2017, 2018, when cracks finally started to to show they actually had a consistency in selection. You look at their midfield, it was always Nanu, Nanu and Smith, you know, you you basically had Carter who was there there or thereabouts. <laughs> I'm just having a crack up. Can't believe Bo thought that the All Blacks would be too strong for England based on yeah, all that. Yep. I think Boy might have to rethink that when we speak to him tomorrow night. But also, it's just what I'm talking about is their consistent selection. Ben Smith at Four Black Savia on the wing, and we had consistent selections all the time. Uh, I don't know if Ian Foster's learnt a heck of a lot in that last uh, uh, on the time since he's actually come on board with this All Black team. That's the first thing. The second thing has been their discipline and the amount of penalties that they've given away. And over the years, when it comes to really stupid acts. One of the most inconsistent guys is Dane Coles. He just does so many <laughs> dumb things on the paddock. And he's just not learning at the moment. As soon as he slapped the guy, he knew he'd done wrong. Seriously? You know? And so, It's, that, it's, that, it's yeah. also the, the amount of penalties they give away when they haven't got the ball. And it's something that the Blues did during Super Rugby. They really need, or this coaching group, needs to address that at the minute and just finally Paul my other thing is I had an issue from day one when when Foster was selected as coach and the reason I had an issue is because you're listening to the same voice I know it's he was there with Hanson but to me he's still the same voice and those are are my three main points
0: so let's just tell us yeah yeah so there's it's that, it's that argument isn't it? so so um, we do have the consistency then of the same voice which is uh, which might which can be good or bad. Um, around the consistency of selection you, 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 consistent selection is fine as long as your 23 players stay fit. Um, and when there, when a couple of them get injured, if you haven't given other players the experience uh, and built the depth in the squad, then you have a problem. Um, so it's a balancing act between how do you get that consistency, how do you get those combinations working well? But how do you also make sure that when you have to use that depth, the depth has has the experience that you can step in and step up? Um and that's the juggling act that I think the All Blacks have lost perhaps over um this last couple of years. Um or they've got over reliance on a single player like or over um like Dave McKenzie was going to be the key to the um twenty nineteen Rugby World Cup squad because he could play fly he could play scrum half. Um, and also, uh, he would be at a third scrum half, and would also be able to play be the third fly half, and would be this magic utility player. Uh, and that all fell apart as soon as he got injured. So, um, I, so I think perhaps a little bit of a problem there. In the perhaps they are getting over, they had they, they were over reliant on one player going into into the twenty nineteen, uh, and now they've got to build the depth or build um, build up from there. Uh, and one of the things that. Um, Batman says is that um, the uh, the All Blacks have um, lost their aura, um, or the aura, sorry the aura is dead. Uh, look, it's an aura that can be rebuilt. I mean, there's a bit there's a bit of an aura around the Springboks at the moment, and yet two years ago they lost by forty points to the All Blacks. Um, so um, it's these these things do come and go. Um, the the one of the things we have mentioned before is that with the focus taken off the under twenties uh, or the the winning focus. Um, taken off the uh, under twenties means that people are used to now beating the or beating a black jersey. Even if it's not the All Blacks, um, and with the with other team other countries building up their under twenty programs, that yes, some of that aura around that All Blacks jersey has disappeared. Also, one of the things about for Argentina is look, they've played the All Blacks a lot recently uh, over the last what eight years now. They've been in the rugby championship. Before that. They would get to play them once every four or six years. And they were these mythical players. Now they play them um, twice every year. They've got used to who they are. They're just normal human beings who have a beer with us in the sheds afterwards. Um, they have to be very good rugby players as well. Um, but um, so um, so I think that's uh, the uh, so I think there's an element there. It, 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 it's uh, it's a swings and roundabouts thing. The uh, the, the, the the consistency of, of selection is you can you can become over consistent. um, But if you don't, if you're not consistent, you don't have any combinations, uh, which can be a problem. Um, Nocturnal writes a conservative mindset of coaching over the years, sorting the same things again, and again with diminishing returns in regards to the game plan. uh, And um, our and similar thing consistency of voice has become a huge problem. Where was plan B when a team starts with the rush defense? Foster has no idea. Um, Yes, and rush defence, um, Cornflake, isn't a new thing, is it?
2: <laughs> Certainly not. No, it's been around for a long, long time. I, I agree 100% of those comments that they were saying in the chat. and I was, I was thinking that's you know one of the things I was going to pick on them. Although, you know, like Stephen says, this is all about, I think this game is all about Argentina and how Argentina played and how well they were and that. But, you know, being as we've got a New Zealand audience, we're going to be critical of the All Blacks as well because no one is above uh, criticism. So game plan... Definitely. Um, I did see a comment that was going in straight through here somewhere um, about how it was just straight out and no variation to that sort of short ball off the fly half. So Mawang would get the ball, you drop it short on the inside to a good heel or something and get splattered. Uh, There's no one variation where uh, Geordie Barrett knocked the ball on because he thought, well, what the hell's going on here? Why are you passing it to me? That's not the plan. Um, but there was nothing else outside of that. It was very, very predictable um, and, Yeah, and very strange and, and Just like like I say, no plan B in the chat there. There was very much screamed with no plan B. And why, you know, it's obvious that that's not working. These guys aren't idiots. These are pretty clever men that run this show. Um, Aaron Smith sitting there, he fires it out, and he just sees consistently the same thing going, bang, splat. I've got to run backwards five meters now to get to the next ruck. Hey, Richie, this ain't working, buddy. Let's mix it up. Let's do something else. (laughs) You You know, these guys are smart. Do something. Listen, uh, that, that
3: all comes about, once again, through inconsistency of selection. If you think back to 2015, when the New Zealand under-20s won, won the World Cup, the midfield combination was Anton Leonard Brown playing second five, Goodhue playing centre. Should have just left them together as that particular combination. Jack Goodhue's a little bit more creative, a little bit wider. Anton Leonard Brown, completely bigger body. You know, you mentioned before Geordie Barrett not expecting a ball. This is what happens when you chop and change all the time. People don't always grasp grasp the how other people actually play the game, and that's the that's the issues that you've got. I mean to say, they're not going to turn into a bad side overnight. But if you keep chopping and changing, this is, this is what you get. This is the result.
2: I think if you're going to flip side that too, on the other side of things, I've watched Damian McKenzie come on the field. I mean, I, I often look at it and go, why? I mean, he's had so little kind of impact, so little game time in that jersey. And they expect him to come on and, and make some sort of impact and to do something special. And every time, I mean, look at Australia last week, they brought him on so late and he just got absolutely decked by Cora Betting, And that was his feature. Uh, this week, he did a little bit of uh, running sideways. And I, I, you know, I thought, you know, Bautista Dalghi did a, a great job of a Damien McKenzie, but actually made forward momentum. Uh McKenzie still can't seem to manage that part of his game as well. But I feel sorry for him now. Um I was critical of him because I was like, come on, you're not doing anything. But now it's like, here you go, Damien, have six minutes. Go win us the game when we're down by 15 points. Just be realistic. The guys had uh, a pretty hard shot at it. And yes, we've got to have a consistency, but these guys have to be playing rugby as well. And McKenzie, I mean, look at the season the Chiefs have had. Now he's going into the All Blacks. He's not getting any game time there. So he's, he's got to still get into his game. I think he needs a bit more, as as do others. Uh, time in that to, to deliver and, and step his game up as well. So it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to be consistent, but you've also got to, I think, uh, against Australia Foster left his changes way too late. Uh, we've seen Brad Weber come on in Australia and was like a massive spark Um, And I think he actually added a bit this week as well uh, against the Pumas. He added a good little bit of whiz. He's a little bit different. And I was, I mean, even though the results still didn't change for them, I was kind of happy that Perinara wasn't on the bench this week because I wouldn't have liked seeing what he brought to that game when you talk about Dane Coles and how he got... Oh, he, he was a target right from the start, wasn't he? They knew that they could get under his skin and he was going to react. And I think they targeted a few of those guys, like talk about Frizzell being a bit fresh. He's a guy that could probably snap if they gave him a little bit of a niggle as well. They knew who to go after. I think Coles is on the top of that list. I think Perinara would have been right up there off the bench, too, if he was uh, coming into that game, too. So, yeah, it's, it's a its a tough it, to be an international rugby coach. So you've got to get the whole squad involved.
0: Okay. So, yeah, I think a couple of things there. One is to yeah, get clearly the, um, the All Blacks have got a problem at the moment with maintaining their head. Right, you don't, you, you wouldn't have seen Richie, um, uh, uh, Dan, um, uh, Comrade Smith losing their head in the way that we saw um, Coles, um, Sam Kane in this one as well, and Fazal. They really got wound up and under their skin, and they they do get, get get they got they they did lose they they lost their heads in this game. And by losing that, you then lose your game plan. You're not thinking properly. Um, Aaron says, why do players not have the smarts to change things on the field? Well, the reason they don't have the smarts to change things on the field is because modern-day defences are extremely well-drilled, um, and it takes a complex attack to break them open. Um, and so you can't make up complex game plans on the pitch, on the fly. Um, so it has to. You, it's something you have to run through at least the structure. Um, now, I mean, there are small things you can do. You can say, hey um, – Richie throw it out the back a bit more if there's someone out the back there to throw it to, or hey, um, Richie, uh, stand two two steps deeper or 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 come slightly flatter. But that's about it. You can't be changing up whole game plans on the on the pitch because you're getting smashed in the head at um, uh, the time. We're getting smashed in the face with with, with, a, with a player uh, and thinking up of something complex on on the fly. Uh, it's just the the def- defenses that nowadays are too are too resolute to be to be able to do that one. Um, the <laughs> yeah, Batman, it's Scott time. Um, and yes, we've talked about the same name over uh, there's the same voice. and Maybe maybe Ray Robertson should have got the uh, should have got the job. Um, but Aaron, yeah, you're quite right. Um, part of the issue is that some of these guys just have not had the game time. Dane McKenzie's coming back off a long, serious injury, uh, hasn't had a uh, 20, uh, a, a, a 20 game. Um, super rugby season, um, to uh to, to to get his get himself back up to speed, um, and he's just not, um, not uh, uh not, not really, um, up, up, up to speed. So, are they robots and can't think for themselves? You're saying they didn't have the game smarts oh, Look, I'm saying there's only so much you can change on the fly on a pitch, and that you have to have game, whatever the game, whatever game plan B is or, or C. Sorted out on the training on the on the training pad the week before. Um, there are little things you can change, like guys, we're going to pick and go for the next two minutes, or whatever, um, or or, or goes. You know, what, guys, pick and goes isn't working. We're going to we're going to spin it wide. But the actual structure you've got you can't change on on a pitch. That has to be that has to be sorted out um, because when you're throwing no look passes, you need to know that the guy's going to be there. And the only way you know he's going to be there is if you've run that move. Ten times over. At the end of the day, um, and those Higuarros players have run those moves thousands of times over because they play with each other in their club for the past five years or whatever it's whatever it is. They know where each other is. So they can change things a bit more. Um, we just don't we don't have that currently. We don't have a Aaron Smith, Dan Carter, Nonu, um, Conrad Smith combination where all those players uh, and then add in Kieran Reid, all those players have played together for 10 years. I mean, I just We just don't have that at the moment in the All Blacks, whereas there are some of those combinations there in the Haggararis side.
2: Yeah, I think the All Blacks definitely have enough experience in those positions that they can be clever enough to make some minor adjustments to that team. I mean, maybe, yeah, sure, 9 or 10, Aaron Smith and Moanga in a black jersey haven't played enough, but I think there's enough leadership in those positions, as in Smith... Good Hugh and Leonard Brown have been there for a long time. Bowden Barrett is, I mean, he's pretty much the self-appointed leader of that team, isn't he? By fact of that, he runs that back line no matter where he is or what jersey he's wearing. Um, how no one can kind of come in and say, let's not run that same play again. Let's just play a flat line, 19, 12, 13, 14, whatever way you're going, 11. Doesn't matter. Just, just play it. Play it through the hands. Um, just do something different. Mix it up. They they didn't do. It. I think there's there's enough experience and enough ability in those players to speak up. No one really spoke up, and I thought Aaron Smith is a is a big speaker. He's a screamer. He's a he's a little bird out there. He chirps away. Didn't really see him chirping away so much in this game. Probably this international season, he's not really been the 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 presence and in, in terms of voice that we'd normally expect from him. So uh, yeah, I just, I just think they need someone needed to take hold of that game. I think probably just someone with a bit more leadership. Um, I mean, we, we know who runs that Argentinian backline, we know Matera runs that pack, uh, Sanchez ran that backline. Everyone followed Shit. the All Blacks don't have that backline leader, especially when Bowden Barrett's at the back. Mawang is too fresh, Uh good Hugh and Leonard Brown standing up and giving a leadership position in there. Uh, you know, and, and, and the wingers, not so much either on their position either. So maybe they need to find someone who's going to step up there and actually say, Hey, guys, you know, you know there's enough stoppages in that first half. They could have said, "Let's move on to something else. Let's let's try this other thing. Let's let, let do something." There's enough in there. They need to go on about that. They need to do something.
0: Um, Stephen, helps you if you unmute, unmute yourself.
3: I was going to say it, it's oh. it's um, it's quite interesting that um, if you're going to take a, a team, you want to take another team's pack out of the game. You actually kick you kick long, and basically keep putting the ball behind them. So you actually take, you take their strength away. You take down break breakdown. You, do, you don't try and play too much rugby in your half because all of a sudden you bring a team like Argentina into a physical contest. You want them actually going backwards. Make them play out of their half and put them under pressure. That's that's what I that's what I'd be basically doing if I was playing Argentina. Take their strength out of them. What you know there was some really good analysis that went into the All Blacks. In the style of their play, obviously took a leaf out of what England did last year, put a, a lot of pressure into, into the breakdown area. Once again, we're, we're talking about the players before, Aaron makes a point about players changing on the fields. Those are the sort of, that's what I'm looking for from the coaches to get that message out to them. Okay, we've knocked on that door a few times. You spoke before, Paul, about if the All Blacks were in a dicey situation where they were under the pump, all of a sudden, Richie McCaw, would keep it tight they would do the pick and go through the middle just to draw people in if they have to pull a couple of penalties to go there with this all-black team they look they kind of look generic at the moment like they want to play that same sort of style and I come back to the style that they get away with they get away with it in super rugby because both the sides that are turning up that are rocking up to play that style play a very convoluted cloned style of game and they they try to replicate that at international level. International coaches basically look at the way that New Zealand rugby has played and go, "Well, okay, this is how if we throw enough players into breakdown and just put them under pressure all the time, we pressure them into decisions." Once you know, once 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 again, um, Aaron Art said, "Why do players make dis- make mistakes or they can't change things on the field?" It's simple pressure. When you put yeah. under a whole lot of pressure. You're rushed to make decisions. It's you know, there's no great great game plan. You know, for the All Blacks, it's actually how they respond to how another team is playing. It's as it's as simple as that. And sometimes you've actually got to play field positions. How often do you see teams score a try, and then all of a sudden they try to move it one or two many phases phases inside their twenty-two to get a good exit, and the other team throws in a lot of players and you get a breakdown, you get a breakdown turnover and all that hard work's done. But when you see a really good exit play that the ball gets up the halfway, go to that next set piece, put some pressure on them on the halfway line, on the game line. No great science guys.
0: (laughs) So there we go. No great science. That means we've got, so we've sorted out that, uh, that game time to move on to, um, to other competitions then. Um, and, um, the, uh, so very briefly, over we have the Autumn Nations Cup. Um, I watched Ireland um, beat Wales. Wales are in a bit of a mess um, at the moment. Let's go on. So they're trying to change styles, um, which um, is never easy, and especially not easy when you've had a decade or, or longer of one style in the Warren Gatland, and then Wayne Pivak is trying to do a different style. Um, and, uh, yeah, 32-9, they got beaten by Ireland. Um, yeah, really... Not uh, not very good, and the pressure is going to be on if we unless we see some improved performances. Pardon me over the next couple of games from Wales. Wales Wales in a um, uh, in a, in a world of hers, hers at the moment. Um, in that one, England. Oh, Paul, I was gonna, Paul, I was
3: going to Paul, I was going to say, great to see those um, uh, two New Zealanders up there, uh, Gibson O' Park, and of course uh, James O'Lo. Out on the
0: wing, maybe. Roof for as well. Why, why, why? James Lowe was not an All Black. I've got no. I uh, just does my head. Oh, you mean
2: James Lowe Okay. He, oh, they've uh, he, that battle for years. Oh, Jeez.
0: He was uh, uh, watching him and David McKenzie for the Chiefs was it was a joy, an absolute joy to watch, especially on the counter attack. Um, the um, so so yes. Um, and uh, yeah, not to say highlights were not exciting of Wales versus Ireland. Then again, I'm not sure highlights of, Argent- of, of New Zealand of the All Blacks, Argentina were particularly uh, exciting either. To be honest with you, big um, big love. It was look, it was high pre- it was it was high intensity pressure rugby, but um, exciting highlight rugby it was not. Um, so I think you'll uh, uh, yeah. So um, we'll be careful where we um, throwing stones in glass houses there. Uh, the um, so um so yes um james Lowe, bad uh, yes uh, I, I still think he's a fantastic player um england uh beats um georgia 40-0 that's the uh, the georgians that are ready apparently to join the six nations not um have been thrashed this weekend by england 40-0 and uh, were done over by scotland um, a couple of weekends ago 48-7 so yeah um georgia really uh, having a tough time of it. Italy seventeen, Scotland twenty-eight. So Scotland uh, haven't haven't seen this one yet. Um, but um, yeah, Scotland getting the win. But I say Scotland put forty-eight points on Georgia. They've only put twenty-eight on Italy. That yeah, it shows you that um, yeah, all the, all those people shouting that Georgia will do such a better job than Italy in the Six Nations, maybe not. Um,
3: because Ireland's doing such a good job in the Six Nations at the moment,
0: Paul. I mean Italy.
3: Italy, I beg your pardon, yeah.
0: Island be on the mind. I'm quite a good team, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. Italy, <laughs>
3: you know, I watched a bit of that Italy-Scotland uh, Scotland game this morning, and um, I actually sort of got up to look at something, and I looked at my app and saw that they were ahead, so I thought, oh, shivers, I'll get up. And you could just see Scotland just basically whittled them down. The, the Italians, unfortunately, they give away too many penalties, and listen, it's nothing new to what I've already Seen before, good good win um, from Scotland, and I've got to say that the first five uh, is it Duncan Duncan Muir with the uh, Duncan, Weir. Duncan, Duncan Weir Duncan Weir is it Duncan Weir got the Marty Banks haircut as well. <laughs> really, really impressive uh, afro. I've got to say, got to got to get a picture of that, Paul. And and, and no neck. Yes.
0: Yeah, no <laughs> no um, yes. Yeah, so that's because um, Scotland's first two choice half um, uh, first fives are out injured at the moment. Um, in Finn Russell and. Um, I was going to say Gavin Hastings, but it's not. It's his son. Adam oh, Hastings. Adam Hastings, thank you. I knew it's <laughs> Scott Hastings, was like, No, no, that's his uncle. <laughs> Hang on, we'll get there eventually. Um, <laughs> Too many Hastings. Oh Hastings. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I get this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Oh Hastings, um, the, um, so um, so yeah. So that brings us to date with the with the, the men's international side of things. Um on the women's side, massive congratulations to Samoa um who have taken another step towards the women's rugby world cup beating Tonga 40-0 um, in that game. So well done to Samoa. Um, and um, New Zealand uh, uh, beat uh, the... Um, or Black Ferns beat the Barbarians 34-15, um, which is what you'd kind of expect the Barbarians, effectively being um, New Zealand A or, New, or the New Zealand Reserve team. The... Um, Yep, it is fantastic here, um, and it is no neck as well, which is great. Um, the um, And then France uh, lost to England 10-33. France team beat, music, beat the Blackferns a couple of years ago in November International. So, um, yeah, perhaps they're going through a rebuilding phase. Not not the right time, just before the World Cup, mind you. Um, but, hey, uh, COVID obviously impacting all those teams uh, and their preparations. Then, minor 10 cup then. Um, and um, what a round it was. We came into this round knowing that it was going to be a bit crazy because um, basically um, we had sides that could either be relegated or make the playoffs um, across the bo- uh, all over the place. So um, it was a bit of a crazy one. And we kicked off the weekend with Counties Manukau beating Southland at 25-17 um, for uh, just their third win of the season. Um, the Southland still have not won an away game uh, for five years um so uh yeah uh easy money there at the bookies i can i i i i'd suggest um i wish i'd known but they hadn't won away for five years um so uh
2: (laughs) just goes to show how great of a place it is to play down here you know beautiful weather all the time great conditions to play rugby great fans you know great stadium oh that's what it all is that home cooked baking isn't it that's where you want to be
0: absolutely um then Paul,
2: Paul just, on, just on
3: Southland, you've got to say really unlucky this season. I I can think of games, the Bay of Plenty away game where they lost 17-14, probably should have won that game. They got that one-point win over Harbour and, of course, a one-point loss to, to Waikato. That just came down to, to little moments. And I know talking to Dale McLeod, the one that probably hurts the most is the, the loss up in, in Whangarei to, to Northland with 20 minutes to go. They're having all the field position, possession and not quite getting across the line and, and getting getting the job done. Listen, they were competitive in just about every game, bar the Tasman game, 47, 10. It's probably probably at the end of the day for, for Southland, it's probably a season what could have what could have been. But if you if you think about where they've actually come from, listen, you've got to give them big ups and and their public down there's gotta be happy, eh Steve, with the, with what the improvement that they've seen. I'm just hoping that they can keep Monarchy Selby Ricket because mm-hmm. Bayer Plenty are sniffing around at the moment. He's a very, very good good footballer. I'll be gutted if he leaves.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. I said last week on the show about how down here, realistically, you know, we're, not, we're not expecting a, a championship or premiership winning side. Um, yes, you want them to give a go 100%, but I think the season, like say, every game they've been in it. They've been in it for a chance. They've shown the intent. Um, they've shown a game plan that can keep, either, you know, in the conditions they can, and can keep it tight, um, keep it low-scoring defensively. They can be pretty sound. In the dry, just ask the Targo what they are capable of. Um, I think they got up pretty big for that game, like we talked about before, about how with the whole, you know, England at the World Cup and, and Argentina potentially in, in this uh, Tri-Nations, that was their big target game. That, that Targo game was like, that, that had the big star next to it as the one they really want to um, try and punch. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%, the crowds down here have been, um, yeah, um just right behind them. And, it, and it's been good to see. Uh, good crowds, uh, good support, positive reactions, uh, positive outlook on the team as well. And I think many people are looking forward to what this season has produced and what next season they can build on with the players and, and the talent that they've kind of unearthed this season as well and, and built a good squad in depth and not so much. They relied on a few of those veterans to, to keep the team um, up in a few places, but Overall, a, a lot of good players have been brought through. So I think if they can build on that, um, you know, next season it's, it's going to be another positive uh, thoughts from from the community down here. That's for sure. And special mention yeah. to their yeah. leader
3: as well. Their leader, Lamborn Man, legend. He's, uh, he's an yeah, absolute colossus.
2: He's an American, uh, Pablo Matera. The... <laughs> Had to,
0: but may, but, may, but maybe not in a world fifteen. Um, look. <laughs> massive improvement from them. Last year, they won one game. This year, they went into the final round with possibility of playoff rugby. Uh, it's been a fantastic improvement for Southland, yes. Um, but still, they are struggling uh, with, with their away form. Um, but yeah, great. Um, South will be happy with their season. Counties, a lot less so, mm. um, to be honest.
3: Yeah, I mean to so say their best win was probably that victory over, um, over Taranaki, where they really showed some heart, defending, defending hard out. They uh, Got across the line. I think they only had maybe, oh, well, obviously the two wins south with the uh, three wins in total. And I think their other win came against uh, Manawa 2. A little bit dis- disappointing, but boy, the, once again, they flooded a lot of young guys as well. Like the look of Robertson, their, uh, their first five that they brought in later in the season when they started with Baden Kerr. And of course, ENS at, at fullback, uh, Etienne Nanai Toro, has beaten more players with his footwork than. Uh, any other player, probably only uh, Rayasi, Celesti. Rayasi has beaten more players. So, yeah, listen, counties have got a, a bit a bit to look 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 forward to. And I think they would have gained also a lot by having uh, Kieran Reid as part of their squad this year, especially with the younger guys.
0: Yep, it's been good. And um, Aaron's doing my job for you. I'm trying to drag you on to the next game. Um, and uh, <laughs> he's saying, what about Northland beating Waikato in uh, Kakeho? Uh, well, you were you up there, Stephen, for that. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I, some I, fantastic I, I, post-match interviews on our Facebook page um, that are really blowing up. So go have a quick uh, listen to those. But, um, yeah, uh, give us a quick um, review of that one.
3: Yeah, speaking of best performances of the season, that probably was the Tanifa's best performance of, of the season. Didn't start so well. well Waikato got off to a very, very good start uh, scoring early. And, of course, Northland looked in a lot of trouble when they lost Dan Hawkins. But uh, uh, local boy returning home, Johnny, Johnny Cooper, only 20 years old, played junior rugby on that ground in Kaikohe so it's a real real uh, fairy tale type story came on and ran the cutter ended up getting the uh, man of the match uh, uh, for Northern and they produced a very very good second half to pull away from a Waikato team that was desperate for the win because they still wanted to finish up, up the table and uh, they were still trying to gain, a, gain as a bonus point right at the end just to to make it safe but hey congratulations to uh, everybody up at the Kaikohe uh, rugby football club who put up put on the game, um, just magnificent conditions. Oh my God, it's it's so tropical up there. I'm a, a little bit uh, burnt today, but uh, yeah, no full credit to to Northland. That'll give them a lot of confidence going uh, travelling south to uh, to uh, Dunedin uh, this Friday, where I'm certainly expecting a lot better effort. Uh, one thing that a couple of things that did come out of the game, that's the strongest side they've actually put on the paddock. This year they had a lot of injuries a- a- at the beginning of the year, and finally they've been able to put a complete squad on the paddock. So that's got to be a-, a plus from uh, Northern. and also Jordan Highland played his fiftieth uh, game for the Tanifa. They put on a big haka at the end, which is a little unusual. They normally do that for a player that's played a hundred games. So the guy who the man who's played for both the Highlanders and the Blues, at thirty-one years old, um, I've got to say, is that is is this could be his. Uh, Swan, so I'm not expected to get a contract for uh, the Blues next year because they've signed uh, AJ Lamb. From uh, what I've what I believe Paul So, yeah, that's pretty much what I saw in that game.
0: Did you get a video of the hacker or not?
3: I have got a video. I've just, I'm yet to uh, yet yet to post it, but I will. Uh, check it up on the New Zealand uh, uh, Sport Radio website.
0: And the Northern game was on the U- was on in the UK on Sky Sports. There you go. Wow. So we get world famous in New Zealand. <laughs> Um the and you say they're going down to Otago Otago have lost their last two games lost to Southland um and then this weekend they lost to Tasman 22 to 26 um in uh that one um look uh, Tasman in total control that first half but just not getting points to um to the, and the lead they, they really should have done uh so it ended up being only a three-point game at halftime 10-13 um in the end though um, they, uh, they 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 came out uh, on top, um, and uh, it, was bit of, it was a bit of a comeback by Otago. I mean, Niriki, Niriki, um yeah, look, fantastic player uh, for Otago, but he couldn't quite do enough um, to drag them be- back over the line. Both sides, Otago and Tasman, are going to the finals. Might have some injury worries. Both losing players in that first half early on, um, which could be an issue for them come finals time. So um, the uh, so look at some. Um, that folks, uh, in the uh, w- when you're thinking about your picks for the semi-finals, there because they say Northland coming good, Otago um, perhaps stumbling towards the end of the season. Be interested to see how that one goes on Friday. Um, Tasman, and say got themselves into to um, the uh, got themselves a home quarter-final. Uh, sorry, home semi-final, and we'll talk about who they're going to play later. One team that we thought that, that uh, started the day bottom of the table. In the Premiership, but in all honesty, had the easiest game of the weekend, which was against Manor 2. Wellington, unsurprisingly, beating beat 2, thirty-one-five. I've not seen this one, um, so uh, so but but uh, um, but yeah, I'm not, not sure. Perhaps one of the more one of the less interesting games of the weekend.
3: Got to, got to say, I was a little surprised by the halftime score when I when I checked on the try bit to find that it was seven-five and a lot closer than uh, what I thought it would be. So I tried that. Uh, Two scored off a very, very good uh, set piece. Just a quick word on Manawatu. Once again, feel a little bit for them. They lost some key players. Obviously never had Nani Lamapi throughout the season and Lamapi headed across the uh, the ditch to join the All Blacks. He, That's a lot of firepower when you use, lose somebody of his ability later towards the season. Jamie Booth, who I thought was outstanding in the first part of the season for the Turbos. Hard to lose him and very hard to put, replace an Orte Black who transferred... Um, over to uh, Bay of Plenty this year. Of course, probably their best performance. I think they just had the, the one win and a tight one, and that was against uh, 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 Southland. They look like they're showing a little bit of potential, but, man, a lot of work moving forward for their head coach, Peter Russell, in 2021.
0: And, um, yeah, absolutely. And look, they, they've, they've, they, they've had super players there, but they just don't seem to perform at their best when they're there. Name on the scudder. Um, was there this season? I think was was. Um, um, but you had like, um was it Rob Tom- Thompson was there? No, no um, oh, one Mitchell. of the, Tom, yeah, Thompson. Yeah, and they they had like a super big um, sort of backline. It, it didn't seem to fire last year. I'm not sure what's going on um, there. But yeah, this, I think I think, so I think it's going to take obviously a new coach there this season. He needs he needs time to re- to restructure things.
3: I think it's Steve will testify when smaller provinces lose really key super players. It's really hard, and it's. To, to bounce back. You only have to lose one or two really key players and replacing them, man, tough at the end of the day.
2: Well, when you've only got one or two to start off with,
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: it makes it even worse. Uh, you can't you can't replace that experience, can you? That experience um, of play at that high level, of having that, you know, they just play at that higher speed, as they say, when you step up that level, they've got more time. Uh, they've got that more composure. And, and that, that tells a lot for the rest of the team as well. They become a leader in a side, and yeah, it would be massive, I mean, you talk about losing uh, Shelby Rickett, if that happened, I mean, Southam would lose quite a little in their set piece as well, so it affects the team uh, quite massively,
0: yeah. Let me come into this, to, to what has turned out to be Super Sunday, we had a four-point win, a one-point win, the one-point win, three games all decided by just a score, um it was really tight today, um as we try to figure out who, would get, who was going to be finishing up with the wooden spoon, um, and who was going to get uh, into the, um, the playoffs. Um, Bay of Plenty played um, North Harbour. And I'll tell you, a lot of people would have been thinking after 20 minutes, this game was all over because it was 0-21 with uh, North Harbour all over Bay of Plenty, leading by three tries, scoring an over point a minute, um, uh, and also a yellow card for Bay of Plenty as well. Um, but then again, then under the next 20 minutes, Northland, with the extra player, managed to do nothing. Um, and suddenly, half time, it's fifteen twenty one with a, um, uh, a, a a charge down that was very nearly um, uh, another try for uh, the uh, for Bayo Plenty. They could have even gone in um, ahead at half time if uh, the ball had bounced, perhaps a ball width to the left, um, and someone else's hand had got onto it. It was that close. Um, so after absolutely leading, Harbour went into the, in, into the into the into half time. Um, with uh, all the negative energy, Um they came out, and suddenly you thought, "Hey, they've just gone and uh, uh, they've, they've just reset at halftime. Come out, get get their fourth try, get the try bonus point they need, along with the win, to make it into the playoffs." Um, only for um, Bay of Plenty then to come back um, and uh, score two tries, um, which uh, saw them. Oh, actually, sorry, that's that's when. Uh, uh, sorry, I've, I've, I've lost... Uh, that's that's why my notes stopped because that's when my ex turned up to pick up my kids. But actually, there was more action <laughs> than that. Paul, um, Paul, sorry.
3: Paul I was going to say it was a contrast of two differing styles. I had the two screens going, watching one watching the Hawks Bay-Taranaki game and one watching the uh, the North Harbour Bay of Plenty game. So I was between two screens screens watching uh, both games. But North Harbour, very, very structured, structured team or basically play the play the field position, kick to the corner, a couple of more over tries. But you just had a feeling, even at 21-0, if Bayer Plenty could get their hands on some ball, and that's exactly what they did. In fact, they were very unlucky not to have scored right on halftime. It was close to the post. Had that been kicked, they would have gone into the half. And you just felt the longer that game went, the hometown advantage kicked in. And, uh, yeah, just a superb... They just lifted, they just lifted the ante... In the second half, and and finished over a harbour side that just at the end of the day fizzled out. I mean to say they they got they scored and got close, but you always felt the last few minutes that that was going to be Bay of Plenty's uh, game. Bad luck for you know bad luck for Harbour. Um, boy, they've shown a lot of they showed some promise. Bad start to the season, if you recall. I think they lost their first two, or, two or three games, but I think where their season has gone a little awry. Yeah, exactly. Where it's gone a little awry was just used losing. They had the best scrum. Up until losing Mayhew in the competition, and I just think losing that that extra pop, prop has basically hurt them big time, Paul. Uh, but boy, they're an industrious pack. They um, hopefully being relegated down into the division, whatever form that takes. They don't lose too many of their better players.
0: Sorry, no, you're right. They did. They did lose their first three, and then they go. Then they won a couple on the bounce. Um, the, uh, and again, another side that, uh, if you look at their wins, um, it was Tasman at home, Hawkes Bay at home, Auckland at home, uh, counties at home. Another side that just couldn't travel for some reason, um, and all their wins came at home. Now, one of the things that has come up um, this season is around costs, um, and some um, trips now that are over that are under six hours rather than under four hours have to be done by a coach, um, and you're seeing lots of teams will be driving on the day. There and then on the day back again to save on hotel costs. Um, that's going to make those away trips harder on the body um, and harder on teams. And you're going to I think you're going to see more teams struggle away from home. That might have been North Harbour's issue because remember um, one of the reasons that we see um, Talayer down um, in Tasman isn't that Tasman suddenly spent a lot of money and outbid North Harbour. So North Harbour couldn't afford him, and um, so he had to go somewhere. Um, and uh, so yeah, so North North Harbour probably. I'm just speculating here. uh, Traveling on the day to a lot of their games rather than the night before, and that's probably hurt them um, in this competition. And I say all their all their wins came at home. Yeah, Paul, I was going to say Waikato.
3: They bust back from Kaiwai back to Hamilton, so it's three and a half half hours from Kaiwai to Auckland, and then what another hour? You know, depending on traffic. Back to um, back to Hamilton, so and and of course with the loss, that would have been a long, long bus ride home.
0: Yep, I, uh, for them though, at least they know they do have um, playoff rugby to play. North Harbour, as you say, could be getting relegated um, after their trip. Um, I didn't see the Taranaki Hawks Bay game, but I'll be honest, thirty three, thirty four. I did not think Taranaki would get that close. To um to Hawke's Bay in this one. But then again, Hawke's Bay, a lot of energy being used up on the Ranfilly Shield at home. Also travelling away, which we just talked about, perhaps perhaps maybe haven't had the money to go early, who knows. Um uh, already knew they'd won the competition, or they'd won the championship. This game didn't really matter. Um so a lot of things there uh that perhaps might have uh, dampened them. But Steve, you said you you were you 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 saw this one as well. I didn't. Sorry, Stephen. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. I, I saw that game. Um, if you look at the starting lineups, Hawks Bay rested a lot of their big big hitters at the uh, start of the game. Had them all on the bench. Uh, Taranaki got out got out to play some playing some pretty good good rugby. But you know the thing with Hawks Bay, if you look at that, them collectively in the championship, they have got the best depth of any team in the championship where they can actually afford to rest a few players. Yet yeah, sure they have put all their focus in to uh, the Ranfley Shield, but I reckon some pretty smart coaching uh, from their coaches. I mean, so it really didn't matter. They were still going to finish on the top of the table. It was just really a case of probably just um, keeping the consistency and keeping the winning going. And just by pulling having pulling guys like Ash Dixon off the bench is just you know, 100% Pauri Rakete Stones coming on. Gareth Evans coming on. Wow, man, you know, down in South Little North and we'd give anything to have that sort of um, depth coming off the friggin' bench. And, uh, and and at the end of the day, um, that did the job for them, although they had to hang on at the end of the day against the Taranaki team who were pretty plucky and fought all the way. The problem for, for Taranaki, they got a front up again in um, six days' time against the same team Hopefully at a main at a McLean Park that isn't swamped by water guys. Hopefully the the front levels have, uh, have dissipated and they'll have a field to play on.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the uh, so so that means in the championship, our two games then um, are as you heard there, Hawks Bay of um, the hosting Taranaki, so they go back. They will both face each other again. So Hawks Bay will uh, well Taranaki will be looking for revenge, and uh, Hawks Bay will have uh, the knowledge that they can beat them. Um, and then Otago. Um, hosting Northland uh, in the second semi-final, and we already knew this, the semi-finals for the for the uh, Premiership going into the final game. Auckland will be hosting Waikato, um, and Tasman will be hosting Bay of um, Plenty in that one. Uh, the curtain raiser, or the double header, sorry, for the um, uh, Tasman Bay of Plenty game will be the Blackver- Black Ferns versus the um, uh, New Zealand Barbarians. Uh, so two games there, back-to-back, the double doubleheader uh, to be um, on uh, that one. The um, Moving on then to um, – I heard in the sky that uh, North Harbour was staying in the hotel in uh, Tarot. Oh, there you go. Um, I, well, yes, I wouldn't actually know. Okay, just because on the commentary they went and said, oh, the players will be in the hotel watching this. It doesn't mean that's where they actually were. I very much doubt it. I think they would have been on the coach on the way home, listening to listening to it on, uh, on the radio rather than actually uh, in a hotel room. I really do not think having um, – uh, yeah, I, I don't think the Sky Commentary team were talking with knowledge there. They were just going, oh, that's generally what happens. That's where they'll be. Um, no. Um, so the final game of the weekend then was um, Auckland oh, – sorry, um, Canterbury versus Auckland. This game didn't really matter um, – for Auckland to say they were going to finish top, this did mean though whether Canterbury would finish bottom or not. Um, and um, the uh, you've got to say um, Rayasi really helped uh, um, Auckland zoom out to a 20, to a five nineteen lead on uh, on twenty one minutes, um, and uh, the Auckland really uh, had, had figured out that if you went down the blind, blind side, that uh, Canterbury just weren't covering their blind side um, properly. Uh, and if you flooded that one you could get you there, there, were, there were tries to be had um, and uh, they ran out to to a lead they did get they pick up a yellow card just before um, half time um, but Canterbury uh, were were were, were, um, were powering away and basically wasted a lot of that yellow card on multiple scrums and got no points went in half time 5 and um, 19 in that one um, uh, there Second half, though, and Canterbury just came out and blasted Auckland away with um, physicality uh, and intensity that Auckland just weren't, um, just, just, just couldn't handle. Um, and they just blew out to a 31-19 lead. Uh, amazing. Yeah, a big turnaround there, um, Stephen.
3: Yeah, very very much so. It was a, a crazy old game. One minute you thought Canterbury had it under control with about sort of 10, 12 minutes to go, and then, uh, two quick tries from Auckland, of course, uh, Rayasi right in the thick of it. And I've got to say, if you were looking for a Ten Cup uh, player of 2020, uh, Silesi Rayasi is probably the man and is probably destined to be an all-black. And if you talk about uh, a certain sort of skill set a- a- as a winger, boy, he swallows every high kick that goes to him. He's got a big, big kicking game. And uh, of course, boy, his ability to beat players one-on-one just absolutely crazy, but it was another young winger who basically stole the show right at the end, Shea Thiaki, a 19 year old, for crying out loud, nonchalantly says, yeah, give me the ball, I'll have a shot at goal from 40, 45, 48 metres on the angle, and wax it between the sticks, the former Sacred Heart College um, a winger from right here in Auckland, boy, Canterbury, they know how to pick them all right, and um, <laughs> really for, for, all the, for all that great rugby we saw, it came down to a, a wonderful kick, I don't know if you saw it, Steve, but boy, he, he could have probably knocked it over from another 10 metres back.
0: He could, but then he couldn't knock over the next one, which he missed.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: But there we go. I'm going
2: to talk about that one. <laughs> again, well,
0: the, the, the game was won there. He, he, um, he kicked the one that counted, Paul. He kicked the one that counted, absolutely. Um, and as Aaron says, yeah, some dumb play by Auckland that last 10 minutes. Seriously, you've, you've, you know you've got to score, uh, and they were kicking the ball away kicking for territory like seriously guys you you don't have time to be kicking the ball away because you're not you you've 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 this this is probably going to be your last series and you're kicking the ball um so yeah so it's meant some yeah so some poor leadership by by Auckland uh, not only then but also in that period after um time where they knew where, where they got absolutely blitzed and they really needed to stand up and say okay guys we have to front up here um and uh, so so that so that's there um we're not going to go down the Aaron. Go down the route where the country can, can grow their own talent or not. They've, uh, <laughs> they, 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 they've, they've been doing fine for the past decade or so. Um, the uh, so yeah, uh, your country just um, edge out. They've never been relegated from the uh, from from the Premiership, um, and um, the uh, yeah that one point uh, win sees them stay up. Uh, remember. They are also the beneficiaries of the only golden point game. They were, if they'd if they if they'd been allowed a draw with Wellington earlier in the season, then they would have gone down. But no, that had to be a try. That had to be a golden point. And I believe they also picked up a try bonus point during that extra time as well. Um, and that's what uh, basically has kept them up uh, in this, uh, this, this season. Um, that is, if there is relegation next year, we'll have to wait and see on that one. So I think both Stephen and I, any last comment on that one before we move on to next yeah, weekend?
3: Yeah, Paul, I have going to say, absolutely crazy competition. You look at Bay of Plenty, They could have either been relegated or got got, a, got in the got in the semifinals. And because they won, they got in the semifinals. Had they lost, they would have been relegated. That's how close that um, that premiership has actually been this year. And I've actually really enjoyed it. It's been an absolutely fun watch. Can't wait for this weekend. Should be some very, very interesting games
0: yeah it's being clo- crazy close so yeah so, so north harbour finished on 27 points um wellington canterbury and waikato all finished on 29 points just two points ahead of them um uh, and uh, yeah that, that's yeah there's, there's there's some statistician sat in the back room trying to figure out whether waikato how waikato on plus 27 points um finishes ahead of wellington on plus 41 points uh all to do with bonus points and stuff i think anyway all, all confusing there um Bay of Plenty only two points ahead of them. Um, and if Tasman had lost, well, um, Bay of Plenty could have gone above Tasman and actually had a home home, a home semi-final. Um, so, uh, yeah, home semi-final or relegation was, was on the cards for Bay of Plenty coming into this weekend. Um, in the end, they're having to travel down to Tasman. Um, so next weekend, folks, I think myself and Stephen will probably both be at um, Auckland um, versus Waikato. Um, well, that's assuming my car gets fixed, folks. Uh, and if you would like to help fund getting my car fixed that's overheating, then please become a patron of um, New Zealand Sports Radio. Go to uh, um, Patreon dot forward slash NZ Sport Radio, uh, and uh, for as, little as a dollar a month, you can help me actually get have a car so I can actually get to games, Paul, uh, bring you those post match interviews. So Steve Paul,
3: Paul, I've got an idea, mate. If you can get across to to Hamilton to Rugby Park in Hamilton, you could jump on the the Waikato Waikato <laughs> coach up to uh, Auckland
0: be you go. Oh uh, dear me! Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then, and then then I can walk from uh, whichever hotel they're staying in down to um, Ashwin's um, and stay there the night, and then walk to the game the following day. Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> folks, um, <laughs> uh, uh, thank you, um, Cornflake. Great to have you back on the show again. Stephen, um, great to have you as well. Uh, thank you very much, guys, as we've gone through all of the games. i say there was also Super Rugby Unlocked, but I must admit I wouldn't watch any of those games, uh, so we can't really give you any updates on those. There's also been some Pro 14 and some Top 14 action as well. Um, but look, folks, there's only so much time in the weekend and only so many games that we can watch, But so we do try and get through as many as possible. Do join us again on Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. for the Driving Walls show, where we'll go through all the hot topics in rugby, uh, and we'll ask Boa why um, this team that he said would thrash all the other teams in the world um, has lost two in the trot. Um, also, we might... Uh, 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 I just. I spotted a tweet before coming on the show that uh, says that uh, New Zealand Rugby have um, announced they've got a preferred uh, bidder with Fiji um, for a team in the 2022 uh, Super Rugby competition. Uh, obviously, it also looks like uh, Manumo Pacifica, uh, uh, Pacifica, who are playing um, the uh, Maori, or New Zealand Maori, um, or probably also, so be, uh, we'll also be talking about Super Rugby and what it might look like in 2022. Uh, we've obviously had the Super Rugby and the Super, the super Rugby Trans Tasman competition. What a name! What a name! Um, doesn't that, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't that fill, fill you with excitement and joy? Um, but we'll talk about those, those, those competitions all in the Driving Wall Show on Tuesday evening, folks. Have a, a great! I uh, hope you've had a great weekend. Um, I'll be back tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. with the morning sports briefing.